Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 420. Mr. Summits, we're not prepared. We're, we're too sober. Gummy huzzah! <laughs> uh that's okay you know what after our our first race or our first race our first show back after keeneland and uh after the breeders cup and uh yeah no i'm still like i'm avoiding anything that might like affect my body at all in in a less than positive way i'm still uh flushing out the demons how you doing i'm doing good man i'm surprised we didn't have slim on as a special guest it would have seemed fitting that's true that's true. Dr. Ting already wins the comment of the day, but pass the football to Magic Sue and chest bump it again. That was a mess, man. That was one weekend, one hell of a weekend there. I, I, we got, I got made fun of over on Blinkers Off. Did you see that? Someone I listen. Partying. I, from what I remember of it, your partying was well, but I also wasn't the one who got ramen thrown on them at the end of the night. So That's true. You did sleep without any pillows, however. <laughs> Listen, hey, if you want to find out about that, subscribe to the premium uh, show. We'll, we'll tell you about that on our OnlyFans page. Um, Got to have a membership for it, though. Don't forget that. Mike, we are talking about Del Mar's late pick five on Saturday. Del Mar's back tomorrow, no, uh, Friday, November 11th, if you're uh, listening or watching on Thursday. Thanks for joining us. But uh, John Lees is going to be on the mic this weekend, so I'm excited about that. And then Larry Colmus takes over for the rest of the meet. But what's so awesome about the Delmar Fall meet, they focus specifically on their turf racing, which means the fields are always competitive and deep. Uh, you're going to get a lot of great uh, trainers shipping in. We've got Grand Motion here this weekend with a couple of really live ones in some stakes races. So, uh, I mean, look, look, you look at Saturday, for example. we got nine races on the card. And, Mike, five of them are on the turf. It, it's awesome. Over half of it's on grass. Yeah, it's a really good card. Crazy to see Flavian Pratt back here. I expected him down in Florida, but it doesn't want the competition down there. So going to try and come in and take over Hector Berrios's circuit. We'll <laughs> see what happens there. It's tough not to use him when you're playing these races, though, just because you you, you saw the dominance uh, when he came back for a couple weekends. He just he just beat these guys up. So be interesting to see how much he gets bet in this spot, the horses that he gets, and, and what he does here back on the West Coast. But it's going to be a fun meet. I mean, you you have the Gulfstream champion meet, which I love. You've got this, this fall Delmar meet, which is going on. Aqueduct starts to fizzle out here in a couple weeks. And so that racing gets, gets lower and lower. So you start moving away from the New York circuit. Uh, it's going to be a fun couple weeks though, leading up, uh, leading up to kind of, I guess, prep season. We're almost already back into prep season, which in and itself is absolutely crazy. We're a month away from the fantasy draft, which we're just going to dominate again. <laughs> oh yeah. We'll talk about that one later too. But uh, yeah, like, like Michael says that Johnny Velasquez is going to be here for the, for the fall and winter Pratt's going to be here with him as well. Um, Hector Barros, is he going back to Florida? I actually I meant to check on that to see if, if he was going back to Gulfstream or not. We'll see. I haven't heard anything about the champions meet. I know that he's here. Uh, he's at Del Mar, at least through this weekend, I believe next weekend as well as I've seen some interest of him on Mount. So mm-hmm. I think we got him for at least two weeks, but I'm not sure where he's going to end up. If I'm him, I'm staying in California. Because he's starting to earn mounts from top trainers out there and, and get really good horses where he's kind of considered a second tier guy down in Florida just because you have the Ortiz brothers and you've got you know, even Paco who gets some really good mounts down there. I mean, so you, you've got Hector in a spot where I think he's probably getting the third or fourth best mounts in, in Del Mar. I would stay that over going down to back to Gulfstream. Yeah, that's a great point. So he's actually he's at Del Mar Friday. 
goes to Gulfstream Saturday for two races, and then he's back here on Sunday. So um, it looks like he, uh, he'll he probably devote most of his time to California. But if you remember the trainer, Amador Sanchez, uh, who was giving him a lot of great mounts, right, including with Super Ocho in the Breeders' Cup, uh, Sanchez, I think, is going to be back at Gulfstream. That's usually where he's based at for the most part. So uh, watch to see where he goes back. And if he's going to be based in California, when he does go to Gulfstream, maybe put, take a look at Gulfstream if you want to make some bets because it's probably going to be a live horse over there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a great point. If he's traveling across the country, then then watch out. And yeah, we got uh, Mr. Jumps yeah. Off the Horse himself, Frankie DeTore, coming in town. And be yeah. interesting to see how he does on the dirt. I mean, what do you think his win percentage on the on the on the Santa Anita dirt is going to be? I'm going to give him four percent, and that's generous because I think Baffert's going to throw him a bone or two. <laughs> wow, wow, Florent Giroux, like Victor Espinosa type love from you. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I, I, I put Victor above Flower at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that's wow. that's pretty bad but yeah uh, frankie detori starting malibu day will be at uh in california so it's crazy anyways mike we got delmar to talk about late pick five let's get into it buddy riders up This is the kind of sequence that Mike Samich just despises. It's a nine race card, which means the race five is the single most important race anywhere. If you want to hit the early pick five or the late pick five, you got to get this race right. It's going to kick us off. And it's kind of a doozy. We've got eight three-year-old fillies here you see on the screen. They're going a mile and eighth on the turf. So a trickier distance. Phil D'Amato's got two win here. Where are you going on top? Yeah, this is the toughest race in sequence for me. I mean, I, I could make a case for six of these eight horses if I really wanted to. I mean, it, it's just a brutal one. Uh, there's not much speed in here, which makes it even tougher to handicap. You've got horses like the five ballet dancing, who's your favorite for Simon Callahan, whose best numbers come against much better horses. And so you kind of wonder if they're valid because none of them are in wins. And so you, you really are trying to purse through a bunch of data here. And, and none of it really makes you feel warm and cozy when you go to bed at night with your pick five ticket. So... <laughs> I'm going to go with the two horse, Belle Claire Sherry, Belle Sherry, Belle Sherry. That's what we're going with. On top, Flavian Pratt, Simon Callahan. He has a favorite. He's also got Pratt on the lone speed. So I'm going to, I'm going to lean toward Belle, Belle Sherry being able to take this field gate to wire because I think Pratt takes this horse out and it's going to be tough to catch if she's able to kind of relax out there. And uh, Manu approves of your uh, pronunciation. Very well done there. I use this horse initially. Actually, she was my top pick uh, because of Pratt on the top uh, lone speed. Uh, you and I are talking about it off air, but Pratt, when he came back to Del Mar for two weekends in the summer, won 10 of 30 mounts and he hit the board in 18 of 30. So, and a lot of times he's riding for D'Amato. Um, I'm with you that this looks like she could be potentially lone speed. I am a little worried that. Um, about the six, though, school dance. Phil D'Amato's got two in here. I used them as well as the two. This horse, uh, she was privately purchased after that Gulfstream win, and they sent her to Phil D'Amato, and he does, does this a lot. We know with the Little Red Feather guys, he does this a lot, too. Won her West Coast debut. It was against Lesser, but if you watch that, there were older horses in there, and she demolished them. Um, you're getting a you know wedding funeral a little bit here with the price, but uh, you know six uh, in six races routing, she's got two wins in three seconds. The only time that she... Uh, was off the board. She missed second by one length. So I think she's got the talent and the breeding says Milan and Nate should be right what she wants to do. Yeah, I went back forth, back and forth on the six. I ended up being the last horse off the ticket for me. Um, I did use the eight, 16 acres, the other D'Amato in here for Hernandez. I like that last race specifically being able to kind of wheel around the pack and be able to just get up for a second. Just missed uh, uh, Coldero Cura, the seven horse, just missed the eight horse, 16 arches in this spot. But I expect that 
we're going to see a little bit more of an improvement here. I think that you're going to have, you have the, the tendency to be able to sit close. And I, I'm hoping that we can make a trip from that post. The eight of eight post is kind of a struggle here going to mile and eight because you come down that chute. And so you got to try and not stay wide on that first chute turn. And then you have that first real turn that you're trying to not lose any ground on as well. That's my biggest concern there with the eight. Um, but I ended up going three deep here. I went with Bel Sherry, the two horse. I did use the five ballet dancing because I went back and forth on this one and just facing much better. I mean, that's the, the plain and simple of it. If you look who was on here, she wasn't able to win, but she was running behind Spinderella, Bella Bell, Cairo Memories. And if you all go back and you watch that race, she broke out of the 11 out of the 13 horses. So breaking from the 11 post, she got a terrible trip into that first, first kind of angular turn, ended up five wide around the second turn. Was it still trying to close and just wasn't able to get it going? We're going back to Lasix here, getting a nice little layoff before that. And the race before that, I think, does win this race. And so that race two back over this surface at this distance is good enough to beat this field if we can recreate it. So I'm going to, I've used the five as well. I like the speed advantage of the two. I like the, the overall class of the five. And from a, a horse that could take a step forward, I think that's the eight. And that's why I ended up three deep with those. I'm going to agree with you on the 816 arches. There was a cool article about, uh, you know, Phil D'Amato uh, won the uh, training title. Um, or I'm sorry, he tied with Bob Baffert actually with for the summer meet training title. But of every one of his stakes winners, they're all Irish breads. That was, I thought that was an interesting note that as good as he is on turf, his Irish breads are the best. And that's what 16 arches is here. I don't know what that really means, but I also do love that Juan Hernandez is going to be picking up the mount. So to me, a major jockey improvement. Ballet dancing, I left off. I am a little chalky on this ticket and my ticket's more expensive than yours. So this was the one I was leaving off. I'm worried that she's going to be compromised by a lack of pace in here. There's only eight horses and she's had... Plenty of issues getting out of the block or, or breaking, you know, properly. She is great three place at the distance. I just, those breaks need to stop being so shitty for me to trust her at such a short price against this kind of a field. Yeah, I, I felt the exact same way you did. And it just came down to the post position in the last two for me where I'm really willing to give her mm -hmm. a pass. 11 of 13, 12 of 12. Those are awful posts going a mile and eighth over this distance, especially against the level of competition she was facing. So I'm going to give her a pass on those breaks. And if she breaks poorly here, she's going to save a ton of ground. And I've got the horse that's going to be in the lead. So <laughs> I, I at least have myself covered from a speed perspective if she does break poorly. But just one of those that I thought had too much on here or too much talent not to use. Now, it's funny, Michael mentioning the four horse as well. Uh, I'm not going to even try and pronounce that name. <laughs> the four as well. no. That was one of the last, another one that I considered putting on here. I mentioned I would, I literally considered set, six of these eight horses. The four I looked at for a long time. Did you take a look at the four at all? Not really, other than trying to figure out how to pronounce her name. No, uh, an interesting one. I don't like that this, to me, this is too hard of a field to be facing winners for the first time. I mean, you had two good efforts, and clearly the horse like Del Mar with that mile effort two back. But I think that you're going to need to see too much improvement from her with the barn and Patty Gallagher that isn't known for making big strides. Like he's a progressive type of trainer. He's not going to just suddenly shoot this one way up. Yeah, I, I, that was kind of why I, I ended up passing. You also have Rispoli who jumped off to go to the five horse. Other one I consider here, we haven't talked about the one horse all the way on the rail. Glenall, uh, Papa Bedromo taking this horse, took this horse to Kentucky Downs, raced in a stakes race, is way over its head. But the race two back, Raya Moon, if you go back, beat Valley Dan or Valley Dancing beat by just a length and a half the race prior to that. In that race, you saw Glen Hall got a terrible trip. I wouldn't be shocked if the one horse can pull an upset here. Do you consider Glen Hall at all? I did a big angle being Joe Bravo. He rides the turf course, especially at Del Mar uh, over the summer as well as anybody does. And, and uh, Papa Padromo was a big surprise because he got a lot of the Baltus horses when Baltus was kicked out. So um, I, I considered him a, a, again, or her again, it's just a, a case of I, I liked others better in here, but 
if if any horse that I didn't use between the two, six, and eight, win, you know, it doesn't surprise me if the one is there because it's got the talent. Yeah, I, I I have a single in the eighth. I think you could single the seventh if you want to, if you want to be aggressive. And if you do that, I don't mind smashing the all button here to kick this thing off. Yeah. Yes. yes. I, I didn't briefly think, could I try and do that here? Uh, I didn't have the balls to single, but that's a great point. Uh, let's move on. Second leg of the late pick five at Del Mar on Saturday, November 12th, race six. A little different of a field here, Mike. Uh, 10 maiden two-year-old boys in for 50K tags with weight allowances down to 40. It's a class level going a mile on the dirt. There's going to be Stumble Bunny City in the home stretch here. Um, over under time set at what a minute 44 and a half for this oh. race. Yeah, <laughs> these are some slow little boys, I think. Where are you going on top? I was going to go a minute 39 and three, but I mean, I'll take the under on 44 and a half. Uh, look, I went to the three horse here, Loco Luna on top, five to one. Uh, Doug O'Neill Hernandez, like the connections, but to me, that last race is, is good. Like that was classical cat, Hijazi eastbound. This horse was chasing that pace, they went 21 and three. 45 and two to the half. And this horse was three lengths behind that. That's way faster than anyone else in this field can go. I think the three is able to break to get to the lead. And, and you mentioned how stumbly they're going to be. I want the horse in the front if they're going to all be stumbling. because It's a lot easier to stumble home than it is to stumble past a bunch of people when you're getting home. So give me the three local Luna. I think is coming out of the best race here while dropping down the maiden clamors. Um, I didn't use that horse, but my God, Mike, I feel like you could make a case for and against every single one of these. And uh, so I'm not going to poo-poo you for the three. Um, it's also worth noting, by the way, Tyler Gaffleon, when he was in town, was aboard uh, that horse for, for Doug O'Neill on debut. Uh, my top pick, I'm going with a five ice storm, four to one price here. That race two back at Los Al, uh, the maiden 50 level, Tiago Pereira was aboard back aboard here we're back on the dirt it was a good effort it you know it, it was a five horse field so it wasn't that big but it was going two turns so the horse has that experience was forwardly placed the entire way and didn't quit in the stretch when when it started to wilt now you see the final time they you know they went extremely slow there in the stretch low style with that very long stretch there but to me that horse just showed that he can just keep going keep going and also, Frosted is a 5% turf route sire. Why the hell are you putting this horse on the turf when he's 15% dirt routing and 17% with two-year-olds? So uh, I like the five on top. Did you use the five? I did not. I, I, that low sal race to me is a turf race. I, that, that, again, I've talked about it a bunch on here. The low sal favors turf horses over dirt horses. A lot of low sal and then go into the turf. Uh, I just, I can't. I can't look at that race and be like, okay, I'm really confident here. You also got a claim out of that race. And, and I realized that like, you know, the, the Aaron Hardy barn is not the best barn in the world, but I would consider it a flat lateral move, if not an, a, a downgrade going into the Alfredo Marquez barn. Um, and so if, if I'm looking at it in that manner and this horse needs to somehow improve and they moved it up, now we're moving it back down. Not a great sign there. Now we're trying dirt. Not a great sign. Although I do agree with your angle. I do like specifically when certain sires, Blaine, or uh, yeah, Blaine comes to mind, Frosted, obviously one of those horses that, that have like people think maybe good turf sires, but aren't. And then they go back onto dirt or the race gets rained off the turf. You, those, those are times I do like to use the horse. Wouldn't be shocked if Ice Storm runs a decent race. I just don't like that four to one price for a horse I think needs to improve. Uh, what about the, for a price horse, I actually went on the rail. Did you look at this horse for Peter Miller, Argentina cries? Um, it's an Irish bred, so you can see why they put the horse on turf the first two starts. And I actually like that. That first race against Maiden Special Weight, that big uh, purse there at Del Mar, horse was forwardly placed. It was, you know, completely quit and fell apart once he got headed. But I like the fact that the horse was forwardly placed, showed an interest in being forward. And now we're on the rail with a bug boy getting a seven pound weight allowance. This feels like Miller's just going to try and steal one a little bit here in the spot. 
You are dead on. I think this is a horse that tries to go gate to wire. Um, I, I I was back and forth on this one. I may actually add, go five deep here and include the one on the ticket. Because I so a lot of times I'm more critical of the bug, especially when you have top jockeys, quote unquote, top jockeys riding the previous two races. And then you take this drop off when you have jockeys that could ride that Miller could call and say, hey, I want you on this horse. I think he hit the nail on the head there. The seven pound weight allowance is why he went with, with this specific jockey and Miller's been successful. They've, they've, uh, they've run 12 times together. They've got uh, three wins in those 12 starts. Uh, so I, I don't hate the use here. I think this horse is one that's likely to get the lead. Um, I'm kind of back and forth. I'm at 48 bucks right now. I may go to 60 by the end of the show and add Argentina cries here. Cause this was one that I was, I was not so sure about horse. I really liked quite a bit was on the outside here. The 10 horse uh, rain on me. Uh, this one's dropping out of a maiden special weight level. We're gelding 21% trainer who's really focused here. Only 19 starters in 2022. Uh, Son of Danza, who sold for quite a bit more than the original asking price, 10,000, 10x. I thought ran in a pretty good race, didn't have a good trip. Now we're dropping down. We're switching over to dirt. But I, I, I feel like there's a little bit more early speed than we necessarily saw just because of how the horse got out of the gate. So I don't want to completely throw that out. Don't love the 10 post, but I do think there's quite a bit of talent here for the 10 horse. Well, and you've got a great jockey in Ramon Vasquez, too. When Vasquez came to California, I was curious to see how he's going to ride because he was doing great on like the, the Midwestern and Southwestern tracks and in, in the lower levels. But he has been fantastic here. Um, I did look at this horse, didn't end up using. But again, you could. <laughs> this is not a race where you can get. Uh, I don't know if you've got strong opinions to try and single here. God bless you. Um, <laughs> I went with the eight rich gold for my final one. There's two Millers in here. I used the one. This one's three to one. I, I kept trying not to use this, but you're getting a big class drop. It's a first time gelding angle, major jockey upgrade to Flavin Pratt. Like he doesn't need to be in this race. Like it's a 50K made, like he's not finding a derby horse here. Um, you know, the wizard of Bonsai, uh, Peter Miller, like he's going to be able to get this horse potentially to step up, but this horse has no early speed. Like I feel like you and I, like me on your back is faster out of the gate than this horse. I'm wondering if that's why we gelded this one. If it's just a lack of focus, because completely missed the break in all three starts. I'm wondering if it's okay. We need to gel this horse. We need to focus. It's a Bolt to Oro. Bolt to Oro has been a very good win early sire as well. So the, the, you've seen other progeny do well early, and now you're gelding the horse. This early, you paid 110000 for dropping into Maiden Claimer. It's not something that Slam Dunk does often as a ownership group. But when they do this kind of thing, they are trying to win the race. They expect they're putting the horse in a spot where it can win. And if they lose it, they lose it. That's fine. With the upside of being able to get into those starter allowances because you now are able to, to qualify for them. So I, I use the eight as well. I think it makes a ton of sense. A little concerned as you are about, about those breaks. But I'm thinking that the gelding. Maybe it makes him a little more, uh, a little more aerodynamic. Whoop. The, uh, there we I, go. Also, I also use the nine post facto here. Look, if I have the three as my top pick and Loco Luna at the Doug O'Neill, I'm going to use the other Doug O'Neill in this spot. Uh, it just kind of made sense to me. Coming in from the Sisterson barn, Mineshaft, very good dirt sire, also pretty good on the turf. So I'm not not too worried about switching from turf to dirt here. Was in the Sisterson barn, a barn that I like, but this isn't the type of horse that you generally see him pop off with. Now we're going to the Doug O'Neill barn, probably going to put a little more speed into the horse, drop down into a lower level. I think the nine makes sense here, and I'm going to add the one. So I'm going to go one, three, eight, nine, ten in this spot. My single later allows me to, to spread a little bit more. So you and I are split. We're using the two kings of the uh, Del Mar claiming game. I'm using both Peter Millers, and you're going with the two Doug O'Neill. Listen, Abel Cedillo, you know, he, he is Doug O'Neill's go-to guy at this level. Like, he doesn't get the best horses anymore. He, his time for that in California is coming gone, but... These are the races where Abel Cedillo is fine because he's not a terrible rider. He can get a dirt claimer home, no problem. So 
Um, I, I don't hate the use. It just I went with the two Millers and you went with the two O'Neills. It's kind of funny that way. I'm using the two Millers as well. I'm, I'm covering. Oh, you all are. Okay. Too. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm using all of them, and then I'm throwing that ten horse in because I think we got a little bit of talent out there. Uh, let's move on. Third leg of the late pick five at Del Mar on Saturday, November twelfth, race seven, the feature event that Catherine Crosby stakes eight fillies and mares going a mile on the turf. Restricted, lots of restrictions. You can go ahead and read those yourself. But I love that our first show back from Keeneland, Mike, we're talking about a horse named Burgu Alley. We finally got to try, or at least I finally got to try Burgu over the weekend. She's the number five in here for Phil D'Amato and Flavian Pratt is aboard. It's low in speed. It's got to be top pick, right? Well, no, I actually am not going to use the five on top. Uh, Burgu <laughs> is basically chunky beef stew, right? Can we agree on that? Yeah, it's 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 really good. I think it's like good pot roast in there. It's not just like chunks of like cheap beef. It's it was good beef. Yeah. What 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 were we comparing it to? Uh, I think you were you were comparing it to like Hormel chili out of the can. No, or something. No, you no, were not very no. nice about chunky it. Chunky Campbell soup. The, the, oh, the, the that's one, what it was. The one yeah. NFL coaches all go on there. Get some hearty chunky Campbell soup. That's what beef for yeah. you uh, reminded me of. Now. That being said, we also had it in like this big vat in a, in a big room. So it, I'm sure that there are better qualities out there. But I would go with a bread pudding over the burgoo at Keeneland. Oh, bread pudding looks yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. 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 I just want to stick your face in it. Anyways, we'll, we'll cut it short. You and I are both going to go four or five here. I'll let you talk about bipartisanship shipping in for Cram Motion. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, this is the one I almost singled. Uh, I almost singled bipartisanship, not burgoo alley. Um, I, I, look, I love these horses coming east to west. Uh, that race at Keeneland was a tough race. Two back facing in Italian, Wakanaka, Navratilova, Regal Glory, three back, Plum Ali, five back. In between those, one, two races, uh, including $100,000 stakes at Gulfstream. Uh, this horse just has more class. I'm completely willing to excuse that last race. Was off for almost six months. Comes back, runs at Keeneland in a tough N2X allowance. I and mean, those are tough races. Was the favorite in that spot. Now we're shipping in here to face what I consider a lot softer, right? I mean, I, this is just a lot weaker field than what we've been facing. I realize that Burgu Alley is going to be able to get the lead, but Burgu Alley doesn't always keep the lead, and that's one of the <laughs> bigger problems with this horse. So I, I think bipartisanship is going to be able to be relatively in range. I'm talking like four or five lengths back and, and has the better kick turning for home and has the better class than Burgu Alley as well. So I almost singled the four here. If you want to put, slam the all button the first race, single the four here, I wouldn't I wouldn't talk you out of it. Um, I did end up going four or five just because you do have lone speed, DeMato Pratt on turf at Del Mar. That's a pretty tough trio to try and beat. I yeah, listen, you made all great points on bipartisanship. Uh and, and also a good little note on, on Burgu Alley. She doesn't always finish uh when she has a lead. In fact, the last four turf races that she's been in, she coughed up. Uh if she had the leader was four league place, she just completely coughed it up. However, I will in her defense, her last three starts, she basically served as a rabbit for going global, who's another Phil right. Tomato horse. So yeah. she wasn't really intending to win those grade two races. She was saving up for going global and it worked. She won two of those three. Uh you do wonder, though, like, has that start to screw with the horse's psychology a little bit? They're just sent to go and then we quit. And that's totally fine. Do it again next time, too. So uh, maybe Pratt fixes it. I don't know. It's interesting because her best race was probably the autumn miss where mm -hmm. she came from off the pace. Like, and so it kind of makes you wonder if she even wants to be out front there because <laughs> I, she's given it up, faced a lot better than this, but given it up the last few times when she's gone out there and done it. And you have that race that's sitting back there in the PPs with off the pace turn of foot that that actually is like hey that that would win this like can we run back to that one and i, I just <laughs> i don't know if we can and we haven't seen it recently i'll, I'll take the east to west over the horse that, that has to show me something so a new dimension uh one thing that i don't understand why is mike smith riding the seven horse in here <laughs> i can't figure this one out like there's no connection the six at horse. all six horse i'm sorry race seven it's the six horse yes i yeah i don't know 
what's why, why is he on this horse? Why is the six in this race? <laughs> this seems like one of those wild Doug O'Neill placements. It's like, I'm going to like, I'm going to take this football and I'm going to throw it at the wall over here and whatever race it hits, I'm entering that horse. You feel like you see that sometimes these stakes races. Yeah. With O'Neill. It's like, what? Like, how, how did this horse end up here? Uh, well, I mean, I know that Phenom, the horse that Izzy M beat last out, came back with an 80 buyer, but I mean, we're talking like that's seven points better than what Izzy M got in, in the race when she won. So I, I don't know. I just, I wanted, I didn't know if maybe anybody in the chat had an idea why Mike's, cause it's not a barn he ever rides for much and it's not, I don't know. Didn't make sense. Anyways, not important. Let's move on. Penultimate leg <laughs> of the late pick five at Del Mar on Saturday, November 12th. Race eight, we're back on the dirt one more time. 11, Cal bred Phillies and Mares sprinting six and a half furlongs. It's an N1X allowance. You see that there are two of them in here for the 20K tag. Where are you going on top? All right, we're singling this one up. This is this is where we're going to go with the single. I'm going to go with the nine horse Tiger Spice. So I think it's going to be able to take this field gate to wire. We're switching barns, uh, which is the, the one concern here. We're going from Mathis to Blacker. And Blacker, first time out, it's 9%. But when you look at the workouts... Nothing has fallen off with this horse. There's absolutely no difference in the workouts from one barn to the other. The horse seems like it's ultra talented, two for two lifetime. Uh, was able to come from a little bit off the pace, going five and a half, then take the field gate to wire, going six and a half. We're going six and a half again today, and there just isn't that much speed in this race. Like normally, when you're going six and a half, you're like, oh shit, there's gonna be like four horses to go, and then all of them are gonna quit because that last half furlong is really gonna get them. Well, guess what? Uh, this horse went 21 and 445 last time, going six and a half. We aren't going to have to go 46 this time going six and a half. And so I feel like it's just a, a softer spot for a horse that seems to be ready to run into it. Switching barns, but the workouts are good. Got a nice freshening. You could even make an argument here that as a four-year-old late in the season, third start, you could see a nice level of improvement. And if we see any improvement, this horse towers over the field. I'll take the three to one price on Tiger Spice. She's my top pick as well. I didn't have the balls to single like you did. But um, one thing, too, is she's not a need-the-lead type. She can go fast if she needs to, going six and a half. But at her debut, if going five and a half, she wasn't on the lead. She was sat off a little bit. And I like to see that because she's one of five horses in here with at least a 98 uh, time form early pace rating. Uh, she has the high, co-highest at 105. But what that tells me is if there is a pace duel that, you know, it ends up engaging here between some of these horses – she can sit back a little bit, and Ricky Gonzalez is the only jockey that's ridden her, so he knows how to do that. But if, let's say, that nobody wants to go for it, all right, fine, I'll take it. And Ricky Gonzalez is as good on the front end as anybody in California. Um, I ended up going three deep here. I'll use the eight Vela just to her inside as well. Jonathan Wong had this horse in the summertime, uh, got her to a win, going five and a half at Los Al. Uh, the three races that he did have her dirt sprinting, she hit the board. She was always competitive. She completely missed the break in the race. He ends up losing her for 20K tag, but she still finished very strong. Uh, and then he immediately claims her right back for 20 out of her last race. Now, you know, he brings her right back at the same price tag, doesn't run her back protected. But it's it's just crazy that this late in her six-year-old season, Jonathan Wong is just pulling, like, this career best efforts out of this horse that was two for 19, 18 when he took over. So uh, I'm going to use her. Did you, use, or did you consider the eight, at least underneath? No, I didn't. Um, I, I, one of the reasons I single the nine is I don't really like anyone else in this race. It was hard for me to really yeah. like be like, hey, really love this horse too, or this horse I can make a good case for. Um, and to me, the eight I, I, underneath, I could I could see it. That makes sense to me. Underneath, would kind of need to run a career best effort. Not sure six and a half furlongs is her best distance. Um, and that makes me a little concerned uh, coming wheeling right back. That race two back at Del Mar you mentioned, I'm worried it's a little inflated. Because everyone kind of stopped in that race. And missing the break may have helped the, the end buyer because she had more 
didn't she went slower early than she ever had before and was able to just kind of roll up. So I, I'm concerned that the setup makes that race look better than it actually was on paper. I love the Wong reclaim angle. I wish this was horse was protected. That would be the one like yeah. to say right away, hey, I'm willing to lose it again for 20. I mean, this horse has been claimed three times in a row for 20. You have to expect you're losing this horse in this spot. Don't love trying the new distance when you know you're losing the horse. It, that makes uh, that makes sense here. I, I hadn't quite thought of it. She did try seven furlongs once very early in her career and was second, but she really has been mostly a six, five and a half uh, furlong sprinter. Uh, last one for me. I can't quit this horse, the six. She's bulletproof. And a big reason is because she's a full younger sister to bulletproof one who's one of my favorite horses. Uh, by the way, proof that genetics in horse racing is a crapshoot. Bulletproof one, out of the gate, gone. This horse, gates open. Yeah, I'm going to hang out here in the back and close. It's it's crazy how they can be completely different there. Um, but you're getting Pratt back aboard. Last time out was forced to go six wide off the turn. Still almost caught Vegan for second. Vegan's in this race. Vegan had a dream trip, got a dream opening up the rail, and just went, no, nah, I'm good. I don't want to go and, and try and win this race. So, uh, you know, but I thought that she's bulletproof, had a much worse trip, ran a much better race, and now we're getting back to Pratt. Uh, she's had problems breaking from the gate. She stumbles, but... I, I don't know. It, it, it's Pratt. It's Miller. This feels like a horse that if there is a pace tool that does collapse, she's going to be flying late. I just don't know. It would be, she'd be too far away. We'll find out. My third pick in this race. Uh, so I don't hate it. Like if, if I, and one of the reasons I singled is because my second pick is the one. So I'm three to one over four to one over four to one in a tough race. Like if I'm that, if I, I'm that close where I'm not going to get a, a big price and I'm going three deep, just, you know, give me the single and let's see if I can get my top pick home. Um, I agree with everything you said. She's bulletproof, doesn't like the winner's circle. That's my biggest concern with her. Loves to run second, doesn't really love to pass that last horse, which is odd because a lot of times when you have horses that pass, they they do like to win because they're passing horses. This one's like, I'm going to see that tail in front of me. It's only one. I'm going to stop. And that, <laughs> that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for the no tails in front of you. Um, so <laughs> my main concern was she's bulletproof, although I do like Pratt picking her up. The one horse I think is a little interesting for Carla Gaines. This is going to be third off the layoff, third time in her barn. Both two times produced an 85 and 83 buyer. Career best for both of those, the top two career buyers. Um, now we're switching back over to dirt. And not really a ton that this horse has done on dirt, but the last two works are both sub-minute, 59-1, and 59-2. Uh, the work three back was 47-2. and two, All good works. And this is a move where you don't want to go to N2X on the turf, so you stay in N1X on the dirt, and you're hoping the horse is good enough. If we can get to those dirt numbers with this new barn, the one completely fits here. I'm not willing to I, bet it at four to one to find out, but there, this the, like the one definitely makes sense here if we can split it over to the dirt. That's the thing. I, and my concern with this horse is that I think you talked about how that extra half furlong is going to hit a lot of horses. I think this horse is going to be one of those because if you see what happened in that race going six and a half at Del Mar on the dirt last fall. Same thing. Horse was running well for the place like the turf races that last half furlong hit and just couldn't keep up with the top two horses. I think we're going to see that again. Six and a half on turf is a lot easier to kind of maintain than six yeah. and a half on the dirt. But and again, you, you brought you're not using the horse, but you brought up a great point that at four to one, I don't want to find out. Especially uh, going down the hill. That six and a half is going down the hill, which makes it a lot easier to with Santa Anita plays a lot more like five and a half or six. It's just that the different the barn change is what, what makes me pause. Because these two efforts are significantly better on the turf. And it's the first and second out as a four-year-old after a year layoff. Like, you you could legitimately see a lot of improvement off that dirt race. And that's why you're seeing this four-to-one number in a weak field. 
Last one on for me, uh, the eleven twenty-seven trouts is six to one. That was a good enough price for me to use the horse. We're getting JJ Hernandez to stay aboard uh, the the meets leading rider over the summer. He wins twenty-four percent from Mike Pikeby. It's simply because this horse is getting back to what she's best at, and in my opinion, which is dirt sprinting. And for the first time in her career, she's going to be third off the layoff, and she's a five-year-old. She's only made four career starts, lots of issues uh, staying healthy, but they finally got her healthy. And you saw that those two dirt efforts, both of them fit, and then I like the progression there. Uh, it seems like she fits. Maybe the post is a big concern, but other than that, and uh, I'm sorry, a post, and she's a speed demon. So we'll see what happens from a pace perspective, but I'm trusting Juan Hernandez aboard her. Yeah, won't be able to make the lead from there. So it's going to have to be able to rate and win. Um, I usually only bet horses if it's 30 trouts. So about three trouts short for me to be interested in here. Uh, now, I, I, I actually did consider this horse. I have this horse in fourth because I agree with you. Third off the layoff. This is a horse that should improve. The lack of being able to make the lead concerns me. And the fact that they like even at six and a half or we're winning going 22 and change, 46 and change. And, and I like if we go 46 and change the seventh, the nine's going to be in the lead and kill gate to wire. So uh, it's sure. one of those where I... I if the 11 can show a new dimension, I'd be a lot more interested. But the lack of that that dimension is the, the biggest issue for me. Yeah, I was on the fed. That horse was the last one on for me. I'll take her back off. I was, you're right. There really is no, I, I was trying to use the five furlong, just so people know that five furlong turf sprint at Del Mar. She did sit off and pass horses and then just, you know, she got really screwy in the stretch and couldn't hold on. But uh, it does look like her best chances will be going gate to wire and it's not going to happen here. So I'll take her off. Thank you for that. Well, maybe my ticket a little cheaper. Let's move on. Fifth and final leg of the late pick five at Del Mar, Saturday, November 12th, race nine. Whoops, missed it there. It's a mile-long turf route for a dozen maiden two-year-old boys. I almost singled here. Where are you going on top? I went with the six-horse secret treasure on top. Uh, Mike McCarthy Barn. We're going to try turf for the first time for Airgate, who has been a fairly good turf sire. Again, coming out of what I thought was a very good race, uh, ended up with Franchereau. Carmel Road wins that race. Hard to figure, runs third. Uh, trip notes are troubled trip. Every bit of that. Like, if you go back and you watch the replay, this horse got bounced around yeah. good. I, I love McCarthy. I think he's one of those underrated trainers. He's got a plus uh, ROI, $2.02 coming off this type of layoff. You feel like this horse had a lot more to show, and that was more of a let's just kind of get, get make this a learning experience for Secret Treasure versus really trying to go out and win first time out. I think they were pointing toward the turf the whole time. I think you're going to see a very different animal here take the gate. I like the 6-1 to one price, so give me the 6 Secret Treasure on top. Uh, the six is the reason I didn't single McCarthy, Michael McCarthy maidens, second start. Look out, especially when he does one thing with them. And then they switch to me, this horse, um, that debut, uh, the, the fact that he wanted to put this horse two turns really caught my attention. Forget that it was on dirt or turf. Like, you know, I think he really just wanted to get this horse a start going two turns. And that was the option. Um, you nailed it. Trouble trip is literally every step. But if you go watch that race replay, not only should you watch it to see the trip this horse had, watch this horse every step of the way. It is a perfect epitome of how Florent Giroux rode all summer long, which is terribly. Uh, the horse threw his head at the start, uh, last of 10 away, naturally improved himself up the backside, looking good, makes a move in the far turn, and Florent goes, hey, there's a horse slowing down on the rail, and goes straight up the horse's ass with him, and suddenly... It didn't work out. So Johnny V is not Florent Drew. He's going to pick up the mount here. Um, he hasn't won that often for McCarthy, but he has ridden a lot for McCarthy. And it's not necessarily California. It can be sometimes elsewhere, such as Keeneland. So I'm going to trust this duo. The dam was grade two placed twice on synthetic. She's a six and a half, seven furlong specialist. But I think that the distance is going to be no problem here for this horse. The reason uh, that was the reason I didn't single the number one horse and don't get on me about a wedding funeral. That race betting wise was screwy as hell. 
Uh, the horse that won was 10 to 1. The people had no idea who was going to win that race. The horse looked extremely good on debut. Comes from off the pace. Note that the top two horses, he and uh, Zebul, the winner, they were uh, they were over two lengths ahead of third, and then third place was over three lengths ahead of fourth place. So, a, you know, for a 10-horse field sprinting at Santa Anita, that is a lot of distance for them to be spread out there. Um, the sprint sire part, Ransom the Moon, it does give him that early positioning. He's got the rail and, you know, going two turns. I think that's going to be very important. And the dam was a stone-cold router who was 0 for 7 sprinting. So the fact that he did that well sprinting tells me that, you know, two turns is going to be really good there. And go ahead and lay on me the uh, wedding funeral. No, I won't because we're changing in life. Okay. Here. I, we, the, the wedding funeral uh, to me applies much more, A, if you win, right? Here I realize we're 22 to 1, but that was first time out for a, a, a trainer. And it was also a turf sprint. And we were in the 10 post. Like there's a bunch of things that, that, that were against the one horse in that race who still ran very well. So in that spot, I'm not going to rail on you for it because I don't think it was – I don't think the race was misbet in that sense. I think it's just a really tough spot from a debuting perspective. And now we draw the rail going a mile on the turf where you're clearly the fastest horse early. I think if the one wants the lead, the one gets the lead. So I use the one as well here. I'm not going to rail on you for it because then I'd be railing on myself too. Um, <laughs> don't love the five to two price, but do want the horse who I think is going to go from the rail and I think gets the lead. So uh, especially when, again, I mentioned the 10 post last time was brutal for this horse. I mean, all the way on the outside, Got to the lead, then just kind of faded down the lane. I, I'm not going to blame that one for anything. And I, I don't mind that we're going from 22 to 1 down to 5 to 2, simply because there's enough things changing. I think this was probably the plan all the time to go two turns, not to sprint. I think Diamato was probably surprised that that horse ran as well as it did first time out. So I, I'm not shocked we're getting 5 to 2 here. Uh, the other horse I used, uh, I used Polyak here, the, the eight horse, the other Diamato. Look, time form numbers aren't wonderful. The circuits, not wonderful. <laughs> Uh, but it's Diamato first time in North America, 26% with Flavian Pratt aboard. They click off at 29%. This would be a dumb one to leave off if I get here and my ticket's only 60 bucks. <laughs> I just can't, there's, I can't do it, Mike. This horse like is just bad. <laughs> this horse was bad overseas. It hit the board once in six starts. I, I, and then I was talking before the show started, it was, it's Diamato first time North America with Pratt. But that's as far as I can go. That's it for me. It ends kind of at that spot. Yeah, I get it. Um, but I, like I said, this one I think just makes a lot of sense. I, I like it, the, the model prep part of it is what I'm going to lean on here from a, a why I like this horse perspective. If you've got Ransom Lair in here from Damato's perspective, why are you putting this one in too? Unless you think it's got a legitimate shot. I mean, you you have the first, you have the favorite and the second choice from the same barn. So those are th three of the four I'm going to use. I use the three Stonks as well. Did you watch the the debut from Stonks at all? I didn't know. I'll pull it up right now while you're talking. So watch well, it. This is one of those spots where I thought this horse ran really well, but it was kind of like, like, you know, veiled a little bit because the horse was 43 to one on the board. First time out, didn't break mm -hmm. very well. Didn't have a ton of room, was never able to really get his legs stretched till later in the race. Now we get second time out. You get, I mean, Van Dyke, not my favorite person in the world from a, a jockey perspective, but still rides that turf course fairly well at Del Mar. Uh, this is a kitten's joy that went for 95,000 kittens joy generally get better here. Second start. I, I realize we're grasping a little bit of straws here, but at 15 to one, especially with the debut trouble, I'm willing to take a shot here with the three horse. So I think should get a much better trip from this post. I'm watching it now in, in the turn and the stretch. I think this horse is, should improve There there was improvement about midway through that race. You could see it. Um, and through the turn, uh, 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't hate it there. I would like it better if we were getting Bravo on this horse instead of Bravo on the two. I think if Bravo was on the three, I might have actually used uh, or at least really considered. But um, that was interesting. I think this the three is looks like a horse with plenty of talent. It'll get there. I just don't I don't know if we're quite there. I might need one more start before it's ready. Well, let's let's make the argument here. Ransomware turf sprinting last time. We don't really know if he's that that good. You hate the eight. The six horse. Didn't run that well, although we both argue could improve. If they don't win it, this race is wide open, right? So why not the yes. three? Why not Stonks at 15 to 1? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. Why not? It's, uh, you know, Van Dyke is, because his percentage isn't what it used to be because he's not with Baffert anymore, people, I think, almost dismiss him too much. Um, he's not, he's a bit middle of the road. He's not terrible and he's not great, but he could win this race. Um I just ended up going too deep here. And now the more I look at this, the more I'm like, should I just throw the eight on here? Just because I mean, I did the here's the stats, by the way, Flavin Pratt riding first time North American horses for Phil D'Amato. In the last five years, 20 starts, eight wins, 14 in the money, 359 ROI. Is that good? Is that are those good stats? I think I think those are OK. I'm guessing some of those were shitty horses coming over here that all of a sudden became really good, especially when they've never touched firm ground. We don't always know why they're coming over here. And one reason a lot of times you see horses come over is because they suck over soft turf. And then all of a sudden they get into California, they get into Mato's Barn, you get a jockey like Pratt, and they just pop. <laughs> yep, look at him. He's typing. We're getting an ad here. Yep. A late edition. Um, real quick before yep. we jump off this race, too. I was a little interested in the four-horse fleet feet, too. Uh, this is the other Papa Dormo. You got Hernandez up. Hasn't touched the turf yet. Nyquist, we talked about a little bit as a turf sire. Not, not wonderful. <laughs> um, but this horse sold. For $325,000 and debuted in the best pal. I, that tells you how much talent they think the four has. Getting 12 to 1 is not a terrible spot here if you're looking for a, a playable long shot. Well, in the first time, uh, went two sprints to a route and showed speed in both of the second sprint and then in the route on the dirt there. Uh, Fort Bragg, actually, the, those three yeah. races lost to Baffert horses. All three yeah. of those are Bafferts. Um, yeah, it's interesting. The fact that Hernandez is picking up the mount catches the attention because he is by my math five for seven riding for papa pajama is that right 71 percent from seven mounts yeah five for seven that's Jesus. good also good yeah all right I, well, this hey, is a, I mean it's an interesting race look if, if there there are prices that you can go to if you can get around a couple of the favorites here who definitely have question mark that's why you know I, the more i look at this it's like hey can i single single and go crazy in the first and last leg and see if we can pop something big Sorry, I was doing the math there. I, I'm, you know, if you've watched the show before, you know, magic and math are not great. But I just want to make sure I've got this right here because I am adding uh, the eight there at the end. I'm not lying about those stats, though, by the way. Eight, eight for 20 in the last five years with North American first time starters. Pretty, pretty good. One second. That's going to do it for episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to preview Saturday's uh, Late Pick 5 at Del Mar on uh, Saturday, November 12th. Uh, remember, opening day is Friday, November 11th. John Lanes will be on the mic this weekend, so make sure you tune in. The Let It Ride Stakes is the feature Friday, and then the Betty Grable will be on Sunday. Uh, we'll have previews for that, and the Aqueduct Stakes all up at RacingDudes.com. The Artie Schiller was supposed to be Saturday, but I guess they're expecting a lot of rain in New York, so they moved that one to Sunday, so it can hopefully... Stay on the turf, but oh, and I hear Colson's awake there. Uh, listen, we've got a, a big weekend coming up. CFL, uh, the conference uh, finals are this weekend. But uh, if you want my picks for those, you got to tune into Dudes Who Bet Daily. Mike, what time is it at? 
Dudes Bet Daily, noon Eastern on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday, 11 a.m. start time. So we make those noon kickoffs on college football Saturdays as well. Best bets from the horse racing and sports world. Make sure you're checking it out. Up about 1500 bucks on the year off a $100 base bet, which will take any day of the week. Uh, got a big game tonight. We got the Falcons coming into the Carolina Panthers. Uh, expecting some rain and wind tonight in Carolina. So a game that flew over the total two weeks ago in Atlanta. I would lean toward the under, although it's gotten a little out of control. It was 43 at the start of the day, down to 41 and a half right now. I would lean Atlanta, but if I was going to bet Atlanta, I would actually bet Atlanta to win the division. Um, they are currently tied with the Buccaneers. You can get them plus 325 to win the division. The Bucs are minus 210. The Buccaneers play Seattle and London this week. If they lose that game, which I actually think they will, all of a sudden, all hell will break loose in Tampa. So if, if Atlanta wins this weekend and Seattle loses this weekend, you're going to see that plus 325 turn into minus 250 or so real quick because the Falcons also have an easier schedule coming home than Tampa does. So if you're going to bet Tampa to, or the Falcons tonight, I'd recommend betting them to win the division because even if they lose, they could still win the division. So it's one of those situations where if they win, you're in a great spot. If they lose, your ticket's still live, which is a rare spot in sports, especially catching plus 325. You have to hold it for about a month and a half, which kind of sucks, but that would be the route if I'm taking a side. <laughs> If you're talking about the best bet of the game, though, go hammer Cordell Patterson anytime touchdown. Plus 115 earlier today when I was giving it out. I'm not sure what it is right now. But if you go back, last week was his first game back in the Atlanta backfield. Got 13 of the 35 carries, but got all three carries inside the five. Was on the field for every snap except one inside the 10. Clearly the red zone back. So if they get a pass interference at the one, this is going to Cordell. If they get the ball inside the five, he's going to get two or three shots getting into the end zone. He is a big boy. And guess what? Panthers suck at doing now. Stopping the run, especially in the red zone. Just ask Mixon, who was in there five times last week. So I've got some props there. I took uh, any touchdown plus 115. Two touchdowns is plus 400. Sprinkled a little on three plus 2200. Uh, so that's that's how I attack the game tonight. I just realized that we never gave out the tickets. It's been two weeks since we, or a week since we did the show. <laughs> two weeks? Right. Two weeks. That's my excuse. It's been two weeks. Let's give out the show. The ticket. The, wow. Damn it. You can, as I'm screwing that up, our tickets are down below. So if you missed it while we we're doing it, or if you just want to recap, here we go. For me, I'm going two, six, eight with one, five, eight with four, five with six, eight, nine with one, six, eight. It's a tidy little $81 ticket, Mr. Summage. I'm going to go 258 with 138910 with 45, single up the nine, then 1368 to close it out. Cost you 60 bucks for 50 cents. Uh, make sure you, if you didn't yet, go check out uh, Blinkers Off. They were live earlier today and they were talking about all the things they learned from the Breeders' Cup, including uh, like 90% of the horses we saw were never going to see a race again. But that's. That's the nature of the Breeders' Cup, especially when they hold it in Kentucky. Um, but yeah, go check that out for all of their thoughts. And then again, like Mike had said earlier, dudes who bet sports every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday at noon Eastern, and then Saturdays at 11 Eastern. Um, it's a lot of fun. Come join us. We have fun in the chat, too. So you can come in and tell us what your top sports picks are. And hey, if you do well enough in the chat, maybe we'll have you come on a show someday. Any final thoughts, Mr. Samich? Yeah, let's answer this question real quick. Dave asked it earlier, a random question. How do the yeah. dudes all know each other? Because I love this question specifically coming off of Breeders' Cup weekend. So Aaron and Jared knew each other, I believe, from high school and then college, if that was correct. High school, yeah. They were on the golf yeah. team together. Uh, that they really? I bet I could kick both their asses. Um, so <laughs> Jared and Aaron knew each other from high school. They got into it in about 2015. Magic and I randomly interacted with the podcast that they had, actually, the site. And Magic got really frustrated because they couldn't write for shit. There was a ton of errors. So he jumped in his editing things. I sent an email because I was so upset that Magic lost a rap battle. That's how I originally got involved in this thing. 
Um, and, and then it just kind of all clicked together. And I mentioned this because, yeah, like Magic and I did not know each other at all when we started this podcast. Basically, we, we met once, I think, before in a, a hotel yep. bar in California before we started doing this. But you look back. Yeah, it sounds worse than it is there. Uh, you look back now and like that this weekend, we've got Dr. Tang sitting at the table with us. The Hoffman's hanging out with us. Ryan Notnick, we've met through horse racing and tournaments having an absolute blast for two days. Like that's one of the beauties of horse racing is that when you meet people who are passionate about this, it is so much fun to be able to sit around and talk about the game with those people. And so it's, it's really cool how you can build out that community and those good times and, and kind of create lifelong friends who you never would have met if it weren't for horse racing or tournament horse racing. So it, one of the reasons why I love live tournaments, one of the reasons why I think the dudes are kind of cool is that we've all just kind of organically grown together in this. Yeah, and there's other people in the chat that we've had the pleasure of, of meeting. Uh, Dr. Tang, we, we've, we hung out with all weekend. Uh, Dennis, I haven't been able to meet Dennis, but I know we met a lot of the dudes uh, in Kentucky before. Uh, and Michael Olsen is always in the chat, and I know that one of these times we're going to be in the paddock. It's just whenever he's down there, I happen to be not as Santa Anita. Nick's been on a, a bunch of our streams before. So, yeah, and there's a lot of you more, too, that we recognize all from from the chat. Or, or if we met, we had so many people come up and be like, oh, I love your content. I love your YouTube stuff. So, that's great. Thank you so much. That's the, really the best thing that we can hear is that we're, we're being heard and people are appreciated and people are being entertained because that's, you know, we're having fun and, you know, getting a little drunk and betting on the ponies. It's a fun time. The next one, the next big one is NHC for us, where I think we'll have at least a full table. If you're going to go, shoot me a, a, a DM. Uh, if you're able to qualify for it, we can try and set up the table next to us. So we have a group of us that are all together there rooting on for each other because that's an absolute blast. Magic already has a hall pass for that weekend. Halterman is now motivated to try and qualify for the NHC. So we'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, Nick, real quick, no pick on Tulsa Memphis. But I do like Georgia State plus the three and a half. You still get the three and a half today because I, I do like that one. Uh, because I think that's uh, you got a better offense in that spot. I was saying take the over. I was making the O face for take the over. Take this to 61 and a half. Cheer for points. Cheer for zero defense. Just 11 on two out there all game. That's what you want. Kathleen O has ruined my, my O cheers for a long time. Boy. <laughs> Poor Kathleen O. Actually, you know what? While we're still on there, I'm going to check real quick. Has she? She is working back. Yeah. She's, she's been working to steadily. She's supposed to be oh, back shit. late this year, early next year. So we're going to have a Kathleen O sighting here in the near future just so we can all be let down again. Dude, I just relate. La Brea, seven furlong standing to grade one La Brea stakes. You tell me that horse is not going to win that race. Uh, she'll be in Florida next. There's no chance she's not a Gulfstream first time out. Oh, come on. Go to a grade one La Brea. Why do you think yes. she's a grade one horse right now? Have you seen the California dirt horses? There's not a lot for her to have to beat out here. Did you see her effort against the non-Florida dirt horses? <laughs> Although that is fair. The California Phillies, no bueno. Like they, they have not been good for years. We've been harping on that point. Again, that proved it with Malathot getting the job done in the Breeders' Cup as well. Like they just The Phillies in California, they're a step below. Yeah, it was uh, the last good ones we had were Abel Tasman and then Midnight Bisu, but she got taken away and sent to Asmussen before she retired. So we can only call that. Anyway, thank you. all this to say, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate each and every one of you. Make sure if you haven't yet, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we had a lot of fun over the Breeders' Cup with a lot of content, and we've got some more stuff planned out for uh, building up for the Derby prep season. It's really not that far away to get started about that. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit like on the video. Make sure you check out Blinkers Off and all the great programs we have. And until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Have a good weekend, everybody. See you next time. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb. Because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.